a warm welcome, folks, to the first ever episode of Moose on the Loose podcast in association with White Moose Media. Wow, it's been a long time coming, but it's finally here. Something I've always kind of wanted to do. And here it is happening. And for this very joyous occasion, I'm delighted to be joined by the lovely Mary McHugh, who is a fellow islander. I can say I'm an islander now. Yes, you can. Yes. But where, yeah. where on Ackle are you from? So I'm from a beautiful village called the Valley okay. in, in Ackle. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's, is that on the north side of the island? Um, yes, it is, actually. Yeah. 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 So it, it's it's the quieter. I, I call it the quieter side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a sauna on Dugurt Beach and without, yes. I'm not trying to overly promote the sauna here on mm-hmm. this at all, but yes. we have a sauna on Keel Beach mm-hmm. and we have one on Dugurt Beach. Yes. And Keel is kind of the bustling metropolis of Ackle. Yes. But Dugurt, there's a sense of. Yeah, calm. there's a tranquil. Yeah, there's a tranquility. Yeah. And yeah. I far prefer Dugurt Beach to, um, <laughs> to Keel Beach. But listen, Mary, thank you for coming on the show today. You're very welcome. Can we maybe get a little bit, you're a, would you call yourself a counsellor, a psycho, psychologist, a psychotherapist or all of the above? Yeah, so my background is psychotherapy. Right. I, I've been doing it about 20 years. Wow. And then mindfulness would be another part. And I suppose something I'm using today is, is my mindfulness for, mm. for myself mm. in, in doing this today. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm doing it over 20 years. I set up an online um, business um, back in 2011. Um, so I suppose took um, psychotherapy to a different level. We'd be the first in Ireland, actually, to set up an online service for people, you know. So I suppose we we set it up because we knew um, there were people who couldn't access face to face, whether right. that was anxiety um, disability. And there was nothing for them. Mm. And sometimes they would be presenting in A&E departments to get help because they'd have gone to an extreme where or actually we f- felt a, an obligation really to meet them to the best of our ability. So so back in 2011, we uh, really took a big risk because it had never been done before in Ireland. Um, we had to source our insurance from the UK to be insured to do what we were doing. And the only way you would find us is if you were Googling counselling online specifically. So um, somebody's going through a difficult time in their life. They go onto your website mm-hmm. and either you or one of your colleagues will. It's a face to face Zoom meeting. Absolutely. Well, much. well, okay. not necessarily. We found that some people actually aren't able to speak. So they, they type um, right. if, if their anxiety is so high um, or they just don't like the sound of their voice so they can type they can use zoom without video so it's just sound or video so so it's really i suppose we we want to in a way give the power back to the person who is looking for that support and to be met in however way they want to be met rather than how society presumes they should be met you know so it was that sort of big change in in looking at how we access um, people in order to help them begin their journey to, to wellness. Do you think that, that I suppose having a computer screen in front of between you and your client mm-hmm. is a barrier in any way w- w- or is it as effective as? Absolutely. Right. I, I, I would have. Uh, I remember how we started 
um, was I was working on a suicide prevention page on mm. on a social media and it was a lady who was Googling the word suicide and um, she found us. And this is before I ever contemplated doing online counselling. And she was looking for a way to die that night. Mm. And she found us. And over time, we'd be chatting through text back and over. And she'd say, oh, Mary, please, uh, will you be my therapist? And I said, absolutely no way. It went against everything we were taught. Her psychiatrist had said that she was going to get the electric shock treatment. That was the next course of action for her. And I thought, you know what, what have we to lose here? Um, so I, I agreed, but I set really firm boundaries because there was a lot of issues going on uh, with this lady. And she agreed to the, you know, the criteria that was necessary. So drinking, you know, she was drinking. There was, her, there was a lot of things going on for mm. her. And she was on a huge amount of medication. With that, Paul, we um, began to work. So she was living um, the other side of America, the east coast of America. Right. And to get back to your point, I remember one night we were, it was telephone, as in Zoom telephone or Skype telephone at the time. And I was in her bedroom as a little, she, she was uh, talking about a story as a little girl. And I actually could feel myself in that bedroom mm. with her. Mm. So it was only years later we both found out that we actually both had our eyes closed all through our telephone work together. Mm. And it's that energetic connection that was there. So there was this real connection mm. with some people. They work far better online than they do in person. So COVID showed me that mm. some of my face to face clients went online and actually their work massively improved for them online. Mm. Others face to face is the only way. Yeah. But for a lot of people online is is mm. is really excellent. And, and it's it's so great. That I suppose horses for courses, really, isn't it? You yeah. know, and like I suppose it w w with my my addiction and yes. for those of you who's, who are tuning in for the for the for, or who, who are learning about Paul Stenson uh, for the first time, yes. I am an addict. I am in recovery mm -hmm. and I'm an alcoholic. But. I never really bought into the idea of the rooms, AA, yes. etc. Mm. Like I did go to a number of meetings and I sat around, but I, I just felt I didn't belong there. Okay. You know, not that I was my 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 circumstances weren't as bad as some of the people, but just it, it just I don't know. And then the whole emphasis on God and. I'm kind of grappling with the idea of God myself for the past few years. And I don't know, I, I do, I don't necessarily believe in a big man up in the sky with a long beard mm. in the clouds. But I do believe there's some shit going on there that we don't, we can't define. And I, I there is, a, there is a God in some shape or form, but not the conventional mm. male bearded man. Yeah. But I didn't like that idea of God in the AA rooms, you know, believe in a higher power. They, they use the word God in the in the prayer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just didn't it didn't sit well with me. So one on one counseling mm. has helped helped me a lot. I've had three different counselors over my career and that's what does it for me. Yeah. But I suppose why I started this podcast was because obviously the addiction. Mm hmm. The adoption, I'm also adopted in case people weren't aware of that. 
um, I'm also gay. So coming out was was an issue for me. And I wanted to kind of piece together the various pieces of the jigsaw to understand the why mm-hmm. of Paul Stenson. Mm. So, you know, I have a bit of a social media following. People tend to watch me mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. Sometimes I don't know why, but I'm grateful for them. But am I, you know, looking for attention or acceptance that I never got or when I was adopted, was there an, an unconscious feeling of rejection mm. there that has stayed with me throughout my days mm. on an unconscious level? And is that why I overly compensate on l- looking for people, people's likes and follows? Mm. And am I trying to get something? So in your experience, Mary, is there any truth to that? Like, could the reason me being an attention whore is that related to my adoption, do you think, as a psychotherapist? It 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 could be, you know, it could play a huge part in it. Mm. Um, there's something there that you said about the, you know, in the AA and, and the felt sense. So there's sort of that unconscious knowing or searching that, that can go on for you. And, you know, I suppose when there's trauma and and that's actually what has happened when you're separated from your birth mother there's there's a huge trauma there and the impact of that trauma is is embodied in us you know and there's i suppose in a way paul there's an unconscious grieving you know and you you don't know in your thinking head but but the body there's been um a complete separation from the mother, they they say that we live in and it's called, you know, the womb of spirit. That's what it's called. A guy called Frank Lake would have called termed it that for the first nine months after birth. It's called the womb of spirit. So that's where we actually don't see ourselves as separate from the mother. But when that has been cut. It's like, who am I? What am I? And we don't know that in our thinking head. Even but, but at it's the embodied. age of a month old, like is 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 the human brain at that really like really early stage able to pro like it, it can't process it. But but it's, it's there. It's felt. So it's what felt. you said, you know, you, when you spoke about the a the rooms, I, I didn't fit. So so it's a felt. It's not I can't put it into words. You know, I can maybe put God on it or, you know, whatever. Um, that it's God I don't get or whatever, but it's a, it's a felt sense. I don't fit here. And again, we, we don't know, but it is that for you, there's been that maybe unconscious searching for something. And and I maybe through social media, you know, it it feeds me. So so it's that I get that nurturing and that feeding that that actually, you know, if we go back to just after birth, it's that that nurturing, that feeding that that's needed in order for me to feel secure and safe and begin, you know, so I'm not saying that it is, but but that could be. Um, it's a plausible. Yes. Reason. Yes. For why. Yes. I suppose the White Moose. Yes. Cafe was so well known. Paul Stenson is a well-known figure now. Yes. Yeah. So that could be at the root of it. Yeah. So it's it's feeding you. Mm. 
I suppose a lot of my, my studies we would have done um, and I'm, I don't know how Frank Lake seems to be coming into it t today, but Frank Lake talks about and, and again, like yourself, God for me wouldn't be. But but I do know there's a more than mm. I have the, the evidence in my working world and in my personal world. I, I call it the more than mm. I, I God. I, I'm not so sure about that term, but but the more than but he he based his work and and I know this is going religiously a bit but um on the life cycle of Jesus Christ okay and for for Jesus uh, God was the source person okay so for me my mother is my source person or whoever my caretaker is okay so for you you spoke about being in the mother and baby home so for you the nuns were your source person or your mother, you know, and we go from source to sustenance. So from our source person, we get sustenance. So that's the food we get. OK, but not only is it the food that feeds us, but it's their words, their energy. So whatever they're feeding us, whether that is love and flow and milk and nurture and all that niceness, or if it's toxic and not so nice stuff, that sustenance is going to f um, affect our status. So it's going to affect how I feel about myself. OK, so how I feel about myself, if I've been fed really good stuff and the sustenance is you're a great girl, you're a great lad, good on you, you know, that puts my shoulders back and I start to feel good about myself. But if I'm not fed that and I'm fed, oh, you're terrible and look at that. And, you know, so if it's it's all negative or rejection, that can bring me my head down and it affects how I feel and how mm. I stand. Mm. And that in turn affects achievement, how I achieve. Mm. Um, like I am an extremely shy person okay. in real life. Yes. Not on okay. camera. OK. And um, <clears throat> Like I've always been shy, I kind of crumble in groups and, you know, looking back at my school days, I was like the quiet weirdo in school, okay. mm -hmm. you know, yes. and I'll never forget my mum saying to me one day um, when she saw me. So we lived on a in a terraced house on Greenmount Road in Terenure and I, I, I would take the bus to school. Yes. But she'd look out at me walking down the road to get the bus. And she'd see a kind of a what exactly what you're saying there, okay. shoulders down, mm -hmm, head mm -hmm, down, mm -hmm. kind of sad okay. looking yeah. child. Yes. And that has been a lot of my childhood, really. Okay. So so what you're saying there now is making complete is, sense to okay. me. OK, OK, great. So I, I was adopted at birth, as I said. Now, um, I was born into a mother and baby home, the St. Patrick's home in the Navan Road. Now, that was run by the sisters. So I was born in 1980, okay, yeah. 29th of June, 1980. I was adopted then by mum and dad who have been who have done a stellar job. Mm. And I have to say that because I know mum is probably watching. In fact, she's probably <laughs> she's been counting then the days until episode one has gone live. Yes. Here we are, mum. I have to Everybody say Everybody loves stuff, your mum. Because I'm going to get a beating. When, I don't mean a, a, I'm going to get a clip across the ear when I go home. Yeah. If I don't say nice things about it, yes. I'm only joking. Yeah. But um, so mum and dad 
took me home on, I think it was around the 1st of August. So what's that about four or five weeks, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. So I don't fully know what shit went on during those f- four or five weeks. Mm. And it's always it's a burning question yeah. of my life. It's a question that leads me to wonder, you know, is my addiction because I've, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and <clears throat> I don't know if you know the works of Gabor Mate, mm-hmm, but I do, he, yeah. he, he is like firm when he says that all addiction is rooted in trauma. Yes. And that makes me wonder, was there something that went on during those first four or five weeks that has led to the way I am now? Mm-hmm. Even what you're saying now, but like, I'm not saying the nuns came in and sure. just threw me around. Yes. But what you're saying now about being fed, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was rationed, my food was rationed or yeah. would you have any knowledge of? I suppose the only the only thing that that we can go by back then, Paul, is that previous to maybe 1980, mm. there was quite horrific stuff going on, um, as we now know, in the mother and baby homes. And there was no training given between the time there was real horrific stuff and the 1980s. So, you know, when you go in as a new maybe nurse um, or as a new nun, you sort of follow what's there. Possibly these people, there would be maybe some quite abusive people, some really good people, but but you get frozen into and you nearly take on well this is the way it's done here you know and you're institutionalized you're, as a yes, worker there absolutely um and if you're seen to be loving a baby more than jemima beside you the right. other it's like jemima or the sister head sister might say yes. no no put that child down or yes that kind of thing yeah. yeah like even in nurse training do not get emotionally involved used to be one of the big you know and like relationship is key and, and how the relationship is, Paul, is key. So, you know, while we, we don't know and may never know, I go back to the body knows. So the more I come home into my own body, the more my body will begin to tell me. And, and I know that may sound, you know, out there kind of stuff, but actually that's where it is. Because, you know, if I was to continue on about the achievement you know when we when we drain our batteries or or the baby needs feeding again we go back to source as an adult you know a lot of us are going they call that the dynamic life cycle a lot of us are going around it the wrong way so we're achieving so that we have status that you know so we we go out and we have Oh, 10 yachts and we have 10 holidays a year so that Johnny down the road will think that Paul is the business. OK, is that why and, I have two Jeeps and that have you two Jeeps? Yeah. <laughs> l- and you know what? It's making, it's, uh, this is all kind of like light bulbs are as you're speaking, okay. Mary, there's light bulbs going off in my okay. head. OK, so so what we're doing is we're we're going around the life cycle the wrong way. Mm. We're achieving to gain status, to feel good. That makes us feel good about ourselves, okay? And we are absolutely draining ourselves because we need to be the source person. If if we look at how am I feeding myself now? Because however I was fed, I was fed. And 
that I can't change. Mm. So how am I feeding myself now? Is the way I speak to myself um, toxic? Is what I'm eating toxic? Or is it really sustenance? Is it really good sustenance that actually how I speak to myself? Actually, yeah, I'm okay, And that's Mm -hmm. given me a sense of it's okay to be in my skin. And that's really hard when my familiar, which is family pattern, which is your neural pathways, has been to maybe do the opposite in Mm -hmm. order to gain acceptance. Mm -hmm. And the first person that has to, you know, that I have to work on accepting is is me. Mm. For me to accept me. And I can be really hard on myself. I I don't know, does that make sense to you, Paul? You do, but like what my... (laughs) Yeah. What's going through my mind now yes. is this is a great therapy session. I'm kind of the ca- cameras don't exist anymore. OK, you know, yeah. No, I and like this, what you're saying now, yeah. uh, it's it's hitting home in a lot of ways. Okay. So whether one person watches this or not, and, and I think like my initial reason for doing this series was to help others in my yes. situation. So yeah. I can already see only whatever 20 odd minutes in. OK that this is very, very, for me, it's very helpful already. So I can imagine it's helpful to others. Yeah. Like one thing you did say there about how the nuns would have been so institutionalized and they would have been trained to be not emotionally involved. So now you're taking this infant. Yeah. And there's no emotional involvement. It's uh, it's emotional detachment. That's right. For like four weeks. Mm And, you know, I would have probably cried yeah. and being ignored, yes. you know, and and so so I'm learning a lot. Yes. Yeah. And, and we can go from Paul, you know, stress, um, which would be understandable that the baby. And again, it's all felt sense. This is all pre-verbal stuff. You know, mm. you have no words. You, you can't articulate anything that's going mm. on. It's all felt in the body. We can go from stress to transmarginal stress where we completely nearly leave ourselves, you know, and, and you find I'm not sure. Do you find that, Paul, um, in life that actually I'm here, but I'm not here, you know, that I'm somebody's having a conversation with me and I'm not there. Mm. I'm gone. I know it all too well. You know it all too well. Mm. Yeah. So mm. so that's is that transmarginal stress? Well, that's where I leave. I've 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 actually left. It's 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 too. Yeah, you're just not there too overwhelming you're gone you're gone yeah mm. yeah makes a lot of sense yeah. to me yeah and it's that it's that coming home and i know you you spoke about addiction and um there's there's certain stages in development and you know one of the first stage after birth is the oral stage mm. so the oral is the all the sucking and the the feeding and they say you know the oral is is addiction because we are you know, with maybe alcohol or, you know, we're, we're looking to to ingest something to give us something. So so that oral so it's a need. stage. Yes, it's it's actually a developmental um, stage. So you go um, at the minute, I cannot think of all of them, but there's oral. Then anal is the hoarder. That's the, the toilet training stage right. where you're hoarding on to everything and you're a bit paranoid. You know, okay. so it's like if if we can get if we get stuck in any of these stages that actually these are places where it can show up in, in yeah. later life. <laughs> OK, <laughs> right. Yeah. OK. Um, so I didn't get, obviously, 
the oral. Yes. So does that mean I, I, I'm spending the rest of my life trying to overcompensate for that by doing it in other ways? And again, we, we don't know, but I'm sure it plays a huge part. Yeah. In it. Yeah. 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 Like there was an awful lot of shame for me coming out. Yeah. Do people ever like I don't know what the what the spectrum of people who come to you, what their problems might be. And mm -hmm. it's none of my business. Mm -hmm. But um, has is coming out an issue that you've come across across in the in the past? We come from a society or a culture, you know, go back to know how many years ago it was illegal, mm. you know, so like that's massive. Mm. I suppose, you know, there's there, there's been an awful lot. There's been an awful lot down our um, lineage. Mm -hmm. um, I know just even going back to Akal, you know, we have Killing Alanov, which is the grave of the babies, you know. So so this is where the churches didn't allow babies that would have died during birth or before they were baptized or or I suppose in some places, people who died by suicide, they wouldn't be allowed into consecrated ground. So there was awful shame on on things like that. And um, this killing Alanov is where these babies are buried right out on the coast. You know, um, the waves are crashing in on it and and it's it's so stunning and yet it's so painful. And I actually and this is my thinking the banshees, um, you know, the banshee is like a fairy woman and she cries and she real loud, keen. And my thinking is down these sandy banks is actually these mothers were keening and screaming for it, for their babies that were gone. But nobody understood that to lose a baby would cause grief, you know, get over it. And the likes of that, give up your baby, get over it or you know, you're adopted, get over it. So culturally, we've we've grown up really, really not being open to human suffering and, and the trauma that that causes, you know. Mm. Yeah. In um, just bringing it back to my coming out. Yes. And again, I went to a conservative school, rugby mm -hmm. playing school, alpha male you know, my adopted family would be my adoptive family would be, you know, business people and, you know, really respected and, and, mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And I guess uh, so coming out wasn't necessarily easy for me no. at all. In fact, I, it was a huge amount of shame and there was an awful lot of I was living a, a lie for a lot mm -hmm. of my school years and my college years. I would actually get with women mm -hmm. Um now, it wouldn't be very enjoyable, but yeah. it happened. Yes. What am I trying to say? I. Yeah, it was it was it was it was I could never actually I could never actually come out to my mum and dad yeah. ever. Yeah, that's that that was an issue for me as well. I don't know if that's in any way related to like I had a, I had an let's 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 call a spade a spade. I had an identity problem. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Who am I? Who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. And then adding the gayness into the mix was it was just like putting fuel on the fire. Mm. Now, I'm now 43, living in Eichel, very, very comfortable in who I am. But mm. do you think that we still have an issue in this country? That's why I kind of said, do many people come to you or online or in person with, you know, coming out issues? Mm. Do you think that 
let's say in the west of Ireland where we are mm. now, that there's an awful lot of closeted yes. people. Yes. It's, it, you know, it's, it's changing, Paul, you know, mm. and um, it's it's a bit like mental health. Thankfully, that's our, our, how we see it is changing, too, mm. because ignorance causes so much harm. And, you know, there's been so much ignorance. And for you, and I'm only assuming growing up as as a young lad and in, into a young man, you would have definitely heard homophobic talk. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, if, if you go back and again, it's it's not knowing what you know. Um, and I suppose that's what I, I'd be curious about is is actually what was it like for you? You know, that little boy that sort of the head is down and, and, and he's struggling really hard to get this head up. And then there's I'm gay as well. And it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, more shit. Is it any wonder I drank? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, when Give you just take now. a picture of, of, of Paul mm. and you see this little boy even going back, you know, and and thankfully it was at five weeks that you began to get the nurture mm. and the feeding mm. um, from from your adoptive parents, from your parents, mm. um, that healing is there, you know, and healing is is there at any point in our lives. Thankfully, you know, they used to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but, mm. but we can. Mm. Science is showing us that we can. And you, you know, have that loving support and that all impacts on us. But you grew up in a time where it was the OK coming out was was um, starting to become OK. But we still had all the shit of the past that was coming with it. Mm. So you had to contend with that. So, as you said, you know, who you know, am I? Who am I? Mm. Um, two, four, six, oh, one. Sorry, that's just my uh, musical theatre background <laughs> coming into play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am gay. Um, uh, so what I thought was, so you know what I'm probably doing here? Because mm. I know the, the unconscious comes into mm. play yes. a lot. You know what this podcast series could be? This mm. could be my, this could be, this could be my breakthrough moment. Like I've I've considered because I still don't know what the fuck has gone on in this head of mine. And I've considered alternate therapies such as plant based mm -hmm. medicine or mm -hmm. ayahuasca. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Have you DMT? Mm -hmm. Like, have you? I have I have an awareness of it. I, I would know people, you know, um, I would be very mindful of where if you are to do that, where you do that. Mm. Um, who you do that with. So you have a number, do you? <laughs> <coughs> After the show. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Yeah. But um, so, you know, just be it, it's there's really great work. You know, Gabor is it talks about it all the time. Mm. So in our training um, as psychotherapists, we were we were really blessed. So um, part of our training was Again, Frank Lake, but um, I can't think of the other guy. Holotropic breathwork. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we would have been trained in holotropic. So th so back in the, well, I can't tell you, the 60s or 70s, LSD and, and all of that was used to be used in the psychiatric hospitals. Mm. But that became illegal. Um, uh, look, like, would that have been used? So, so I remember, so 
where the White Moose was based, yes. it was like literally three minutes walk from mm. St. Brendan's Hospital okay. in Grange Gorman. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. a lot of shit went on there. There we go. Yes. So there would have been LSD work there. Yes. What's that professor's name? Ivor Brown. Ivor. There. So Ivor would have trained me. And um, he was big into his. Yeah. So he so he himself and uh, Jim O'Donoghue. Right. Uh, so Jim O'Donoghue was was also my teacher and a tough, but a, but, you know, tough teacher. But but I learned a great amount of stuff from him. But that became illegal. So they had to find another way. So they were able to access it through the breath. So it is that, you know, I suppose Winhoff is doing a bit of it, you know, yeah. in, in a different kind of way. Yeah. But we were as trainees thrown into this deep uh, abdominal breathing and it was taking us into all sorts of places of healing. And and that's where I suppose I know about the more than I know about the interconnect, you know, the, what what we are connected. We we are all connected and, and it's all of that piece. And I suppose I also, Paul, have a deep passion for generational legacies. And, you know, a bit like what, with you being adopted, mm. there's that thinking that that actually I don't have any connection to my family of origin, but the body does. Mm. And, and, and that's the amazing thing. That word connection, I don't know how many times we've said it today. Okay. But it's that's that's the one word okay. we take out of this, yeah. I think. So it touches you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it touches you. Yeah, because yeah. and that's what I'm I guess maybe that's yeah. that's what I've always been looking for. There we go. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's what I didn't have. That's right. Yeah. Like, would you be a proponent of me? Like, remember, I'm an addict. Yes. And remember, if you give me a, a, a bottle of Heineken mm-hmm. or a or vodka, mm. you'll find me up the sugar love doing the macarena naked mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yes. Or maybe in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So can you visualize that, by the way? <laughs> sorry if I put it, sorry if I'm putting it. mental <laughs> images in people's heads. Um, but I, that's I, I jest and yeah. like you'd probably actually find me horizontal on the couch tomorrow for yes. for days. Yes. I wasn't an alcoholic that kind of needed to have a, to down a bottle of vodka first thing in the morning. I never I actually hated that. Mm-hmm. But when I started, I couldn't stop. And like if I went out, I would black out to the point that like I don't know how I'd get home. I've actually ended up in pretty precarious mm-hmm houses yeah. with pr- pretty precarious stuff happening yes. without my consent yes. and without my knowledge. Yes. Then the days after that, I would just stay in bed. I wouldn't I wouldn't have the strength to leave my house, never mind my room, mm. my room, never mind my house. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't answer the phone. I just wouldn't be able to mm. talk to anybody. So that's how my my addiction was a roller coaster of ups and downs. It was yeah. never kind of a linear constantly being out of my mind drunk yeah. it was you know what's the word um intermittent yes yeah blackheads so, yeah or, or sort of bingy being 100 percent. that's what yeah. you'd say yeah. and i think a lot of people in ireland are prone yeah. to, to to binging at the moment although i do see a serious movement back to zero zero beers okay like i do see it kind of being cool now mm-hmm to not drink mm-hmm. and not take drugs. Yeah. You know, this dry January is coming out a bit. Yeah. 
uh, wider than just January. Yeah. And yeah. like if I want to consider ayahuasca, yes. if I want to go down to a, a ceremony in the Colombian rainforest yes. or wherever it is, mm-hmm. the Amazon, wherever it is, mm-hmm. and just find myself. Um, is there a day I can't get addicted to it, can I? That I don't know about See, ayahuasca. I, I, Gabor Mate, I, I would be listening to him because yeah. um, he talks a lot about it. My thinking is, um, you know, that actually because he's, he talks about it, he talks about the addiction and the hungry ghost. Again, I, do, I can't answer that. So, and that's fair um, enough, yeah. Mary, and sorry yeah. maybe for putting you no, on the spot. Okay. But what I'm trying to say to you is I feel like it's something I need to do. Yeah. I just because I've heard so many great stories like um, I believe it's like, I don't know, something like is it 10 years of therapy in a day or something like mm-hmm. this? So they say. And and, and, and and so it's something it's a bucket list thing I need to do just mm. to see if and, and as this was, as this podcast mm. series was. Yeah. But my what's pulling me back is, Paul, you can't even have a pint of Guinness without mm. Yeah, no. you can't even control a pint no, of Guinness. Yeah. How the fuck can you control this yeah. substance? Yeah. So there, there, there is a searching, you know, within you. Yeah. And 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 probably that is as as a result, you know, this this constant searching mm. to fill something. And, and, and addiction really is that is I'm constantly outside of myself, whether that's with food, with Internet, with alcohol. I'm constantly outside of myself looking to fill something. But it has to come from within, you know, that's that's actually where um, I have to come home to me, because mm. even if we go back to the source person who was our mother, the nun, your adopted parents, the source person now, Paul, is you. Mm. You are your source person and, and it is. Can I come home? Can I can I feed myself, you know, so meditation, I I don't know whether you've ever practiced that. I love it there. So it's it's like sometimes it can be like drinking nectar, you know, when when we're really connected into our practice. And and that is the, the nurturing. And. When I slow down enough, because again, and, and I can be a butterfly myself um, I have a busy brain. But when I slow down enough, the body begins to talk to us. And and I always say it'll start to show you all your owies. Mm. And all it needs is for you to put these little owies up on your knee because you have so many little owies mm. that need to be tended to. Mm. And Paul needs to tend to. I must say you have a fabulously um, gentle and consoling <laughs> voice. <laughs> Like I can imagine you're uh, it's is it any wonder you're such a great uh, counselor. Come live with me. It's all right. okay. Um, But just in terms of the mindfulness thing. Yeah. Like when I was living in Dublin, I would often go to a meditation session Mm -hmm. in the Stan Hope Center. Great. And uh, which was only down the road from Mm me. And uh, when I wasn't using drugs or or, or drinking, I I would go through kind of like uh, periods of sobriety and mm-hmm. a new life and now I'm starting a new and that was part of it. But I, I, I really enjoyed sitting around in in the room, just con- conscious of your breath, bringing it right down and you'd leave the session kind of high. And it con- was weird and connected. 
and connected. Yeah. Now in Akil, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell Savna Saunas mm-hmm. in any mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. but well, I guess one of the reasons I started that was because of obviously cold water immersion is, re- and you mentioned Wim Hof already, but everyone got into sea swimming during COVID. Yeah. And we all saw the benefits of freezing your bollocks off and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and how you fe- feel after that. It's huge. Getting into your fight or flight, fighting it, persisting, breathing through it. And then I know Graham here, the lunatic here to my right, who's on the floor mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, he sat himself into an icebox and it looked painful. But mm-hmm. I'd say, did you feel good after that? Felt amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So cold water therapy. Yeah. Can't beat it. But then what you might want to add is the addition of the other extreme heat. And I think going from hot to cold. Okay, yes. With the saunas. Yes, and I've been in the I've been in the sauna, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's it was super because I'm a sea swimmer. Mm. I seven forty five every morning. Mm. I'm on Degert. And and every morning I'm saying, Oh my God, what am I doing? And I come out and it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's it's just the business and you feel just refreshed. Yeah. So I thought the, the, the sauna was going to be maybe more traumatic as in ice cold. But actually, it was just it was fantastic, yeah. you know, to experience the sauna, go into the sea, come out into the sauna. It was just and it was repeat. amazing. Yeah, yeah really. And what, what I find the sauna does is <clears throat> like it's actually it's a communal experience because you could be sitting in there with five other strangers yes. and you, you strike up a conversation mm-hmm. and you're and you meet you meet friends and yeah. stuff. But I sit in there on my own yeah. and I just breathe. And it's a it's nothing but pure mindfulness for me. Yeah. Brings it all back. Yeah. And that's why I love it. And I, to be honest with you, I'm going to sound very selfish here. Yeah. But the reason I started the mm-hmm. sauna in Ackle mm-hmm. was for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for my mental health. But now it's extremely popular yeah. and I'm delighted yeah. other people are using it. And um, and it's great to find something, you know, that that actually brings you. And, and I think, you know, Paul Ackel, probably for you, you it's just spectacular. Like mm. it's, you know, so f- for you to have the wildness and mm-hmm. um, because it's wild in, in an in a natural way, yeah. not in a. A party way, um, drug but field way. Yes, it has. It has the Atlantic Ocean and it has the cliffs and it has the wildness. And uh, winter for me is the best time in Ackle, yeah. um, because it's just bleak, wild, and free. Mm. And that word freedom. That, yeah, that word freedom yeah. is is what resonates with me. Well, wild as well, obviously. And and you can walk away and keep walking and. You know, and and that's it. You don't mm. have to answer to anybody. Mm. Um, you're you're with you, mm. and 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 that's the piece. And more importantly, with my dogs. And with your dogs, yeah. Because I prefer <laughs> dogs to humans. Yes. I don't yes. know if you feel the same way. Yes. But I can easily just. Yeah. The people say to me, yeah. "You don't really have much of a life in Ackle," and I'm like, yeah. "I have a better life than." But that's so understandable, Paul, because you know, as we all know. A dog will love us unconditionally. Mm. There's mm. no conditions mm. attached. Mm. And and probably, again, from a felt sense mm. with you, there had to be conditions to somebody accepting me. Isn't that mad? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Mary, I'm going to go out now and okay. I'm going to meet a number of guests yes. for the rest of this, yes. this season. 
and there are guests that have come into my life at various different stages. And I'm going to talk to them in a bit more detail, the points that I touched on with you. And I'm going to see if the theories that we've kind of come up with during this session mm -hmm. hold water or if they're a load of bollocks. There we go. But I think <laughs> the former is the case. We shall wait and see. Mary McHugh of CounselingOnline.ie, an absolute pleasure to have you in studio today. Thank you, Paul, for having me. And thank, thank you. you to everybody who tuned in at home, whether that be in visual or audio format. Thanks, Mary. Folks, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If there was anything in the podcast that you were affected by, please visit my Instagram now where there's a link tree link and various resources available. Thank you so much, folks. <laughs> <laughs>